What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there. Or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. Well, the Baltimore Ravens are not supposed to be a good team. They have not gotten that message yet. They go in. We, we don't really start with a Sunday night game. You know, well, the Steelers, a high-profile team, Sunday night football against the Ravens. Why not? Uh, what the hell do you have to lose with that? Now, I did pick the Ravens in this game. If you went back to Benny versus the Penny, it was not a great week uh, for Benny or the Penny. No parrot. The parrot's dead. We learned that last week. But uh, this is one of the things I did get right this weekend in the NFL was the Ravens Steeler game and it was the second half implosion of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now Joe Flacco ended up. If you saw the game, you know that you know that Flacco played very well. Uh had almost 400 yards passing, couple of touchdowns, did not turn the ball over. 
And Baltimore got to three wins in their first four games, 25% into the season. The Ravens are 3-1. and one. They get the road win in Pittsburgh, 26-14, to 14, the final. And it was all about the better story being, yep, in the losing locker room. Yet again, the Steelers projected by many to be one of a handful of teams that had the it ability in the AFC. You look at the teams that were going to contend to win the AFC title this year. You had the Patriots who got back on track. They just squished the fish uh, in beautiful fashion. The Texans, who were given a gift win, more on that later, against Indianapolis. The Steelers were high up on that list, and they have continued to fall apart. Now, Mike Tomlin had a lot to say uh, after the game. Uh, Let's hear a little taste of that. Mike Tomlin, the Steeler coach, who points out that uh, this game, uh, let's just say it was not in control for the Steelers. We weren't able to find enough traction tonight. We didn't run it a lot, and I'd imagine the more we run it, the more traction we'll find. But again, as the game unfolded, they were controlling it by possession and winning possession downs, and we weren't. So it tends to look like that um, when when the game is being controlled in that way. Yeah. Now, Tomlin went on to say not enough playmaking in the second half to get the win. He said it was as simple as that was the quote uh, from Mike Tomlin. And the Steelers only did run the ball 11 times in this game, but – The assessment of Tomlin, the part where he said that they just didn't get enough playmaking in the second half, is that the proper assessment of the Steelers who find themselves at 1-2-1? I will say that did not go far enough, that Tomlin did not go deep enough into the minutia that is Pittsburgh Steelers football. So my observations, you have backsliding the triangle of doom and the tunnel. And we will mix all this together. Now, A, the Ravens, for much of this game here, they were playing, especially the second half, they were playing on arcade mode in Madden. You know, I like playing arcade mode. Arcade mode's fun. That's where you should play Madden. You can score a lot of points. It's it's easiest on arcade mode. I like it. You can go up and down the field. It's fun. Who wants to play a video game that's not like that? Come on. But the Steelers, they were playing the competitive level of Madden, which is not where you want to be. Because you didn't look very good. They looked terrible. The Ravens are supposed to be a middle-of-the-pack team. They're supposed to end up around 500. That's where Baltimore projects to be by the time the season ends. But they're in really good shape right now. They're in really, really good shape at 3-1 and one to start the year. And they've given themselves a little bit of cushion. The Ravens now have some cushion, and the Steelers do not have much cushion. They do have the tie which is not a loss. Tie better than a loss. Tie better than a loss. More on that later also. But the, the the Ravens, the way they made it look easy in Pittsburgh, the Steelers' defense continues to be demoralized on a weekly basis. And in this game, the Ravens put up 451 yards against the Steelers' defense. And that was actually an improvement uh, than some of these games the Steelers have played. They averaged over six yards per play. Run, pass, didn't matter. Every time the Ravens ran a play, they got over six yards. And the numbers actually went down near the end because it was like, I think it was like 6.3. It went down to 6.1 at one stretch. So this comes down to what? It comes down to substandard performance of the players and horrific coaching. That is the toxic brew which the Steelers have, and they're serving it up for the world to see. And they, they have been backsliding. 
is what the Steelers have been doing here. And you, you well, the Steelers have played a lot of high-profile games. Every seems like every game the Steelers play, even uh, the, the weaker games against Cleveland, get a lot of attention because uh, the Steelers are one of the it teams in the NFL and all that. And even last week on Monday Night Football, less than a week ago, Monday Night Football in Tampa, you saw that game. What happened? The Steelers were given a bunch of gifts from Ryan Fitztragic in the first half of that game. And they did. They did. They, they were the beneficiary. They took advantage of that. They put some points up. And then in the second half, they just sleptwalked in the second half. And, you know, they, they built up a big enough lead where you never really felt they were going to lose the Steelers that game against the Bucks last week. But still, they didn't play well in the second half. There has been no progression. It has been a regression situation for the Steelers. And many keep waiting for this to be cleaned up. And now we're 25% in to the regular season, and the expectation is that Mike Tomlin is going to figure it out, that adjustments are going to be made for the Steelers. I have seen no evidence, none, that that is about to happen. Tell me where that's happening. Give me an example of how the Steelers are looking better. Outside of being given the game on a silver platter, which is what happened in Tampa, what exactly are the Steelers doing right? The answer is nothing. Bupkis. And so Pittsburgh has the same record as the Cleveland Browns, and they're lucky to have the same record. This is a dubious position to be in for the Steelers. They're fortunate to be in that spot. Remember, they they tried their best. They tried their best to blow the game against Cleveland, and Cleveland kept giving the ball. It was was insane insane what happened in that game. Now, part B of this, we are told that Mike Tomlin, from those inside the Steelers locker room, that Mike Tomlin, GM Kevin Colbert, and Art Rooney II all stood in a triangle, silent. They were in a triangle in the locker room after the game, called the triangle of doom, if you will, for the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. They apparently looked shell-shocked after watching the second-half vanishing act by the Steelers as they sat around and they were observed, very open. It wasn't like they were hiding this. The uh, reporters that were in the Steelers locker room after the game witnessed this. Rooney uh, the second reportedly uh, rubbing his face in frustration. Mike Tomlin, uh, he he spoke. He was moving his hands. He had the good body language. You know, you talk with your hands. Uh, he was doing that. Uh, Colbert leaned back. He was uh, very depressed. He was leaning against the laundry cart in the steel locker room. He had his hands in his pocket. So if you're reading body language, uh, not great. Not great. Here's the way I read that. Completely lost the Steeler brain trust. Completely lost. Now, in a real world, right, in a normal situation, how would most NFL teams handle what they have witnessed the first four weeks of the season? The head coach should be on the hot seat. Mike Tomlin deserves to be on the hot seat. Is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? No, it's Pittsburgh. That's not how they operate. doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to be on the hot seat. Pittsburgh is not living up to expectations. When you fail to live up to the hyperbole, the hype about your team, there's a price to pay. And don't, yeah, but Le'Veon Bell's not here. Stop. If the Steelers are afraid, and it appears they are, they're not going to fire Tomlin, then there is other collateral damage. There are jobs that are hanging in the balance. Now, Keith Butler is the defensive coordinator, and if you look at how bad the defense has been, you say, well, there's an obvious one. You get rid of the defensive coordinator. Uh, Randy Fickner the offensive coordinator is also a possibility. 
He got into it with Antonio Brown. At this point, even the special teams coach, they could, I don't even know, Danny Smith, I guess. That's what it says. They say his name. Get rid of that guy. Uh, 25%, and these issues have yet to be addressed. That same old repulsive tackling for the Steelers. Think about the second half of this game. The, the Steelers were trailing in the game, and they played it close to the vest on defense, and they chose not to be the aggressor, not to, to blitz and force the issue. They allowed the Ravens to score on drives. They had drives of 12 plays, 11 plays, and 14 plays in the second half. These long, methodical drives eating up the clock. And Ben Roethlisberger, who came out looking like he was going to throw for 500 yards himself after he had 224 yards at halftime, he only had one touchdown, but he was averaging almost eight yards a play. In the second half, nothing, nothing, Zippo in the second half. The Ravens bottled up Ben Roethlisberger. He only had 50 yards passing in the second half. The Steelers' passing offense with Antonio Brown and all the weapons, Juju Smith-Schuster, averaged 2.7 yards per, per play in the second half. Garbage. Garbage, 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 garbage. All right, last word here. Garbage. Now, there continue to be a medley of mistakes. The Steelers, they did cut back. They didn't have as many penalties in this game as they've had in other games. They turned the ball over, though, a couple of times. It's near impossible for them to play a clean game. They haven't done it. They've yet to show they can do it. They've served up a lot of slop, a lot of slop. And Tomlin has been quoted, one of his quotes, which he took from other people, it's not his originally, but he has said this over the years. He says, excuses are the tools of the incompetent. That's a famous quote, which Tomlin repurposed as his own. Uh, And yet there are people, not necessarily Tomlin, but the people around the Steelers that are using the excuse of Le'Veon Bell, that he's not there, and that's that's why they have, have issues. Now, on a positive note, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The division is wide open. Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland are not great teams. Unfortunately, the light at the end of the tunnel could also be a train which is coming down and is going to run over what's left of the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. They're a flawed team, right? And you are what your record says you are, and the Steelers have one win 25% into the season, and they've got two games left. Now, should they fire somebody? Sure. If I was owning the team, would I fire somebody? Absolutely. You're fired. Right now. But the Steelers, here's the move here. You got two weeks. You're on notice. The Steelers play host to the Falcons, who are miserable themselves this year. Atlanta scores a bunch of points. They don't win a bunch of games. You got the Falcons in Pittsburgh and then at Cincinnati, and the Steelers have their bye week after that. If there are no signs of life, if the pulse is faint on the Steelers and we head into that October 14th late night hours, then heads are going to roll. Someone is going to lose their gig there in Pittsburgh. And, uh, man, Joe Flacco, who has been stealing money for years, is not stealing money right now on the other side for the Ravens. He is on pace for 5,000 yards passing and 32 touchdowns and eight interceptions if he continues along the way that he's going, which by all likelihood he will not. I mean, the odds of this continuing, this this supernova. But if you want to play the glasses half full card and say, well, the Ravens are 3-1 and and they have 
the Browns up next. So that should be 4 and 1, right? It should be sitting at 4 and 1 after next week even though that game is in Cleveland. All right, it is the Ben Maller show on Fox. We say hello to Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie Judas Garcia. Right well, as a Steelers fan, obviously I'm not uh, not pleased at all with the way the season has gone. Uh, I they look lost. Uh, neither one of the coordinators seems to have an answer for what they're doing. Uh, you know, back in the in the past, the the Steelers were known for running these exotic blitzes and to try and get pressure and confuse players. They had T.J. Watt on the left side, and he went up against uh, you know the right tackle for Baltimore, who kicked his ass all night, and they just kept doing it over and over again, uh, except for one other time I can remember they tried to blitz him up the middle. But it's uh, there's nothing, and I know the secondary is terrible. So, uh, but that would seem to me that you would want to do some different things with your blitzes to try and get pressure because you can't cover anyone. So, I don't know. It looks bad. I, I will disagree with you. I know the Steelers' mo is to not fire the head coach. I understand they've only had three head coaches in my lifetime. Uh, oh, but, fifty years. Yes, fifty yes, years. I know. Of three I do coaches. think I do think Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat. I really do. Even in Pittsburgh, where they don't make these types of coaching changes normally, I, I do think he's on the hot seat. I really do. No chance they fire him during the year. If they fire him, they'll fire him at the end of the year. They're not going to fire him during the year, though. I he, I would lean towards that, but I could see him being fired at the end of the year for sure. I'll bet you. hundred bucks. At the end of the year? No, I'm saying between in the I, regular I'm I'm saying I say if, if he gets un- fired at the yeah, end of the year. I would say fired. 80% chance he finishes the season. Uh, 90, 98% chance that Tomlin doesn't get fired during the year. Again, if I own the team, he's already out. Done. Fired. Gonzo. Pink slip. Get out of here. <laughs> he gets paid anyway. It's not like a real firing. A real firing is when you don't get paid. He's going to get paid. Any- he's got a guaranteed contract for ha- who knows how many more years. He'll still get paid. He's going to get money. He'll get a nice little golden parachute, and he'll get a job somewhere else. Tom will get a job immediately, you would assume, right? I know they like to hire young, cheap coaches, assistant coaches, and hope they hit the lottery. With assistant coaches, but I don't think Tomlin will get a job somewhere else. You know, what, you know what's kind of interesting about him is that he was hired for, as a defensive coordinator from Tampa, or no, it was Minnesota actually for a year. He was with Tampa before that, and he's never really run the defense his whole time there. He's always had. I know he had Dick LeBeau, Hall of Famer. I get that they didn't change the defense when he came in, but he's never as a defensive guy. He's never really been hands-on with that defense that I have ever heard. So that's it's interesting. Well, you mentioned Tampa. That's where he could end up, Tampa Bay, right? The time you look at where – who's going to – who else is going to – or Houston. Houston's going to get rid of O'Brien at some point. And uh, Tampa – who who other jobs going to be open up in the NFL? Seattle? Tomlin to Seattle, the Seahawks job. You know who's safe? be open? You know who's safe? Who's that, Roberto? Who's safe? John Gruden, baby. Oh, God. John. The Raiders. Yeah. I feel for you, How much did John Gruden pay the replay official <laughs> when the Cleveland Browns got uh, got the game wrapped up and the NFL in New York said, no, 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 Such you don't. BS. What are you no, talking you about? Oh, what are you talking about? Down, man. Oh, stop. It was a first down everywhere <laughs> no, except in New York. The, the people looking at it said it wasn't a first down. The Browns got robbed. What a joke. What a fraud. That's the Raiders need help from the NFL to get a win. It's about they time. can't even win straight up against the other team. You can't even beat the Browns straight up. It's embarrassing. That's the Raiders. That's Raider football. The greatness of the yeah. Raiders. Everyone watching. That's a first down. That's a no. Go to it New was, York. Not it a wasn't first a first down. down, Ben. Oh, stop. It was a first down. <laughs> even Blind Scott in Boston <laughs> knows he was looking. It's a first down.
Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So if you were to look at the card in week number four of the NFL, the game's on Sunday, and you would have said, all right, let's play a probability game. All right, you and I, let's play a probability game. Of the games played on Sunday, which game most likely would not be talked about at all? We wouldn't even bring the game up. All right, of the games that were played on Sunday, uh, I would put pretty close to the top the Seattle-Arizona game. Why would we talk about this? The Seahawks are on a contender this year. The Cardinals are miserable. Yes, Josh Rosen was making his debut as a starter, but Really, why would we talk about that? There are better games to talk about. Oh, yeah? You want to bet? Uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of chatter. A lot of chatter uh, the last couple of weeks about a trade. And much of that trade chatter has been about Earl Thomas. Kansas City, hot and heavy. I was on the morning show, uh, 610 Sports. There, our affiliate in Kansas City on Friday. We were talking about Earl, you know, the, the possibility of Earl Thomas being traded and, and the probability of Kansas City making a trade. The Cowboys have been speculated for some time. Uh, there's also the mystery team. I love the mystery team. Could it be the Falcons? Maybe the Patriots would swoop in and get Earl Thomas. Now, it's fair to say that if you had Earl Thomas going to the Chiefs, if you had Earl Thomas going to the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Patriots, or anybody else, you're a loser because Earl Thomas – the only place he's going is to a rehab clinic, and uh, not because he did something with the nose. He snorted something. No, no, no. Uh, he is not getting a new contract. Earl Thomas down for the count. He left the Seahawks Cardinal game on a cart. He left. Uh, see you later. Goodbye. Pete Carroll confirming after the game that Earl Thomas had a fractured lower leg. That's it. He's gone. Uh, and Carroll said it breaks his heart, he said. He breaks his heart. Uh, it breaks his heart, rather, that this injury happened. Now, Thomas, he had an air cast on his lower left leg. And so if you did not see this, he was loaded onto the cart, which is not really a golf cart. It's just a cart. It's like a maintenance cart. And so he's on the cart, Earl Thomas. He's sitting there, and he's on his right side uh, across the field, is the Seahawks bench. On the left side is the Cardinal bench. And so he looked across while sitting on the cart. He looks across to his teammates on the sidelines and then raises up his arm and his hand there connected to the arm and fully extends the middle finger towards the Seattle bench as he rode off for the final time in a Seattle... Seattle uniform. What a way for the Legion of Boom. He's the last link for the Legion of Boom. What a way for the Legion of Boom to go out with the Seahawks. I can't think of a more fitting way for that defense, one of the great defenses of this recent era in the NFL, and that's like the last link, right, the last connector, and your final memory of the Legion of Boom is the bird, right? Here you go. See you later, boys. Here's the middle finger. That's the Legion of Boom right there. (laughs) Now, the only thing better than Earl Thomas, who was upset he wanted a new contract, God forbid you play the final year of your contract, which is what he was doing, he wanted a new contract. He didn't get a new contract. He wanted a trade. He didn't get a trade. He held out during training camp. 
He came back. He missed practice um, and, and said, hey, I'm not going to practice. If I have a, a hangnail, I'm not going to practice. Well, the good news is Earl Thomas doesn't have to worry about practicing anymore because he can't practice. He's injured. And But the middle finger thing, it was clearly directed, clearly directed at Pete Carroll. But Pete Carroll was asked about that. Listen to Pete Carroll do a little tap dance. Somebody says something. I don't know anything about that. I don't know. It's a big stadium. You know, could be. I don't know where it was aimed at. Earl was uh, extraordinarily poised on the field for for the, what just occurred to, to be so clear and so you know resolved to, to, to what he he knew what happened, but he was so poised uh, and you know and given back to the players and all of us and so I don't know what happened after that. Yeah. So again, if you missed that, because there was some weird, there was like a a, ba- a drum banging in the background. I don't know what the heck was going on with that audio, but but. Pete Carroll said it's a big stadium when asked about the middle finger. And and Earl Thomas did have great poise. Uh, that is one of the more uh, professional middle fingers I've ever seen. I've seen some sloppy middle fingers over the years, but that is a good middle finger. Uh, it's a good job there. So uh, the question is this. Was Earl Thomas, because some people seem to think, no, no, he wasn't directing this at Pete Carroll. He was directing it at somebody else. Was Earl Thomas directing the bird at Pete Carroll? Now, I'm going to go first. And the way I will answer this is water wet, is the sky blue, and if you go to the beach, is there sand on the beach? The chances are yes, yes, yes on all three of those things, right? All three of those things. Now, you have lose-lose, overpriced, and vindicated. And we'll tie all this together. Now, number one, Pete Carroll, uh, even in this instance, can't even for a second be honest. Pete Carroll... He, he, he can't do it. It's not in his DNA. Pete Carroll's got to come out. He'll lie right to your face. Everyone knows what Earl Thomas's intention was. He was upset with Pete Carroll. He wanted to send a message. He's upset with the Seattle Brass, and he's upset with Pete Carroll, who's part of that, because Pete Carroll has a lot of say, a lot of influence in the Seahawks operation day to day. And so rather than Pete Carroll just say, hey, you know what? He's upset. It was heat of the moment. And Earl Thomas was upset with me. I completely understand it. Instead, he's like, well, it's a big stadium. <laughs> of course it's a big stadium. Uh, just be honest. Right? The emotion got the best of him. And might I say, very professional of Earl Thomas. I mean, very. I mean, I was a professional. They teach you that. That's, that is class personified. I liked it. I had no problem with it. I give the bird from time to time. Uh, it does happen. I, I have no issue with that. Uh, and, and, you know, this is the nightmare, right? This is the nightmare. And I got a bunch of people who are – virtue signaling on the internet about how no player should ever play in the last year of their contract and going on and on and on. And uh, this was the the nightmare played out. Season-ending injury. Keep in mind, something very important here that is lost in translation, this was not an injury caused by a vicious hit by a Cardinal defender. That is not why Earl Thomas was injured. This was a non contact injury, and that matters. Earl Thomas was running, trying to get to a Cardinal receiver, Chad Williams, and he lost his footing a little bit. He leapt over, he leaped over Chad Williams. His body gave out, and that's it. Earl Thomas, his his uh, no contact. He wasn't hit by anybody, and he suffered the non-contact lower leg injury. It is a lose-lose situation for everybody because Thomas doesn't get the new contract, the Seahawks don't get anything back in return as far as multiple draft picks. Uh, they wanted a second-round pick, a couple of second-round picks. The Seahawks don't get that. Instead, they're going to have to get a, 
uh, one of those bonus add-on picks that they uh, they add on when you lose a free agent. So the Seahawks are going to get one of those picks. So so nobody's happy. But on a positive note, Earl Thomas suffered, according to the initial report from state-run NFL media, a clean lower leg break. No ligament damage, no displacement of the injury. Uh, so that means that by the time he's a free agent, he should be good, good to go. Right, he'll he'll be ready to go by about Super Bowl time. Not that he'll be playing, uh, but then then he'll be good to go. Now the second thing here, even though that's the case, that's the positive outlook for Earl Thomas. You also have to factor in that in the big picture, he's damaged goods. Right now, he's still going to get paid. He's going to get paid a decent amount of money within reason. See, that's the bigger part of this because how much is a free safety worth? Compared to other positions, it is way down, way down on the totem pole of salaries. Earl Thomas has been bellyaching about it, getting a new contract. He said, I I don't want to play the last year of my deal. It's a contract that he agreed to. He signed a four-year contract for $40 million. He got almost $10 million in signing bonus. He never expected to have to play the final year of the contract. Understandable. Most contracts in the NFL, you know how this works, most contracts in the NFL do not see the final year. This is the exception to the rule. The Seahawks were paying Thomas this year uh, $8.5 million. He was the third highest paid free safety in the NFL. Right, So he, he didn't want to honor his contract. He chose to finally do it. He wants to make somewhere around $15 million a year. So do we all want to make $15 million a year. Uh, and that is, the word is unrealistic. It is unrealistic. He has overpriced his value. The highest paid safety in the NFL is LaMarcus Joyner of the Rams. He's number one on the list. His salary is $11.2 million. The only other safety in the $10 million range is Harrison Smith of the Vikings. At ten point two million, so Thomas is in line. I and mean, you add on the signing bonus that he got, the uh, the value of the contract, even though it's eight point five this year, the signing bonus included, it's like ten million. So Earl Thomas is going to get a contract that'll pay him in the neighborhood of ten to twelve million dollars as a free agent. That's a pretty good neighborhood to be in. It's not bad. Jerry Jones and the Cowboys will. Be tempted. Other teams will be interested in a short-term deal. Not going to be a long-term deal for Earl Thomas. Now, the last thing, and while the Seahawks were the losers in this because they didn't trade Earl Thomas before they had the the window close on trading him uh, to get draft picks in return, they were vindicated in one area. What would that be? Uh, That would be that Seattle was right. Even though it looks bad now, they didn't trade him. One of the reasons the Seahawks did not give Earl Thomas a new contract, there were two reasons. He was overpriced, he overpriced his worth, and there were legitimate concerns that he would stay healthy. And those proved to be 100% accurate, right? He's not going to get a long-term contract in free agency and all that, but this is the third year in a row that Earl Thomas has gone down with an injury. He's missed games three years in a row because of different injuries. The leg injuries happened a couple of times. So the Seahawks... Didn't think they could rely on him. Didn't want to pay him the money that he thought he was worth, and it proved that they were correct. And, and you know this idea that people are trying to compare this situation and 
Le'Veon Bell's contract. I've seen a couple of former NFL players ranting and raving and evangelizing and preaching how Le'Veon Bell cannot play. You see what happens here. This is a Le'Veon Bell has a contract that would have paid him the, the most money of any player at his position this year. Last year, Le'Veon Bell was the highest paid player at his position uh, last season when he played for the Steelers. He's leaving that money on the table. He's leaving guaranteed money on the table. And if you're afraid of getting hurt, don't play football. There are other things you can do. You can get a real job. If your mindset is, I can't play on a one-year contract, even if it's guaranteed money because I might get hurt, then you're in the wrong business. There are plenty of other businesses. There's plenty of other things you can do. If you're that paranoid about being injured playing professional football, you should not be playing professional football. It is not the job for you. Go get another job. There are plenty of jobs out there. But if you're that scared of being hurt and you feel like you need multi-year guaranteed contracts, then it's just not for you. All right, we say hello to Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie, Judas Garcia right over there. Yeah, I, I I feel the same way you do uh, about this, and uh, you know I, I look. We don't want to see. I don't think we want to see uh, anybody get hurt for the season. I know Tyler Eifert of the Bengals. Yeah, was got, lost that was, for the that year. Was gnarly man. Yeah, I mean I yeah. feel just as bad for him as I as I do about Earl Thomas. I don't feel any any more sympathy because of his situation. And as you said, look, he's still getting paid, even though you know he's a, getting he's injured. He's still going to get his paycheck this year. Uh, he was getting well compensated. I get he wanted a bigger contract, but as you said, we don't all get what we want. Uh, in this world, so I, I mean, think we know that better than most, Eddie. Do yes, we not? yes, yeah, very much so, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the time, Woo-wee. wow, yeah. So you just you know suck it up. There's the, if you, if he's tired of playing football, he can go do something else. I'm sure Earl Thomas has other skills he can add to the world and be paid. I'm sure he can do something that'll pay him eight point five million dollars or ten million dollars a year. Right? There's a lot of jobs that pay that much. No, yeah, probably not. No, yeah, probably not. No. All right, there you go. It's great getting porn, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll take your calls. We got two baseball games today. Mildly excited. Mildly excited. I did, before I get to that, though, I wanted to mention Josh Rosen. Uh, this game was in my rotation. The cool thing about late uh, NFL, the late television window, not a lot of games. So the Cardinal Seahawks game, Josh Rosen's debut, and he uh, he did not look very good to me. Although I love the spin. I love the spin because you, got, you can't just say Josh Rosen had kind of a substandard game. You can't say that. Rosen completed 55% of his passes. Now, a top-line quarterback completes around 70%. The, the elite quarterbacks in the NFL complete about 70% of their passes, assuming they're not dinking and dunking. There is the exception of the rule. That's the Sam Bradford effect, where Sam Bradford will check down and complete when he plays – just basic uh, passes because he wants to enhance his completion percentage. But if you're running a real NFL offense and you complete 55% of your passes, that is embarrassingly low. So they're not trying to spin it. They're saying, well, if you adjust it and you add on the drop passes and the throwaways, Josh Rosen actually completed 72% of his passes. Of course, tell me a game where the receivers have not dropped a pass. To, and a quarterback does not throw the ball away. Isn't that part of the the seventy percent uh, baseline for quarterbacks? Am I wrong in that? I don't think I'm wrong in that. Like you're supposed to complete seventy percent of your passes, even when there are drop passes, and even when you have to throw the ball away. I didn't think he looked that good. But the uh, Cardinals and Seahawks it was a competitive game. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at two a.m. Eastern, eleven p.m. Pacific. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. Fire it! 
This is when Big Ben gets grilled. Goobaloo. All right, Ben. So if you're a fan of baseball, you may know one of the top prospects uh, in the minor leagues is the son of Vladimir Guerrero. That's a Vlad Guerrero Jr. He killed it in the minor leagues, uh, hitting a for 402 in 61 games in double A. And everybody thought that he might have been called up to the big leagues for the Blue Jays after that, but he wasn't. They called him up to triple A. He still dominated, was never called up. Now, we learned over the weekend that he could file a grievance against the Blue Jays because he thinks that they may be uh, manipulating things to, uh, you know. So, this, so you're doing like a whole uh, monologue on this. Well, yes. you know, I just I want mean, to explain the situation. I mean, it's kind of confusing. Is there a question in there? Yes. yes. All right, all right. Ben, do you think that uh, he would win a grievance if uh, if it gets filed? Okay. Uh, n- no, he he doesn't have a leg to stand on. That doesn't mean that he's not getting a raw deal, but he cannot win. I'll tell you why. A, the Blue Jays are manipulating service time, which is not against the rules. Blue Jay fans don't like to hear this. It is an old-fashioned, what's called a loophole in the collective bargaining agreement. Several teams are taking advantage of it. It is not the spirit of the rule uh, but it's by the letter of the rule, and Vladimir Guerrero is not in the poorhouse. I don't have a lot of sympathy for Vlad Guerrero Jr. His father had a lot of money. The Blue Jays gave him a $4 million signing bonus, so he's not hurting financially. And Toronto is holding out because they know as soon as this guy turns out to be a free agent, he's going to leave Canada and go play somewhere for the you know high-profile team if he's as good as advertised. But, no, he's not going to win next. All right, now, so also last week, uh, Yankees pitcher CeCe Sabathia, he got ejected for uh, retaliation, throwing at the head of a Rays player. And he got ejected two innings before a bonus was about to kick in. Ben, my question for you is, he, and now he's suspended for a few games next season, do you think the Yankees should give him that bonus anyway? I hope not. And the reason I hope not is it's a much better story if the Yankees do not pay the bonus out. The legend of the story is worth a $500,000 bonus. Sabathia's made a bunch of money in his career. He can afford it. But to say that you gave up 500000 to stand up for your teammates, the guy's made $250 million in his career. It's essentially chump change. So the Yankees... We'll likely give him the money, but I hope they don't because the better story is if they don't. Next! Now, an odds maker said over the weekend that Alabama would be double-digit favorites against any team in the country right now. Ben, is Bama that far ahead of everyone, or is this odds maker a prisoner yeah, of the moment? Yeah. Well, no, the, the odds maker didn't go far enough. Forget 10 points. How about 14 points ahead of everybody else? Nick Saban is running a clearinghouse. He's playing you know, chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. Of course, Alabama. I would bet on Alabama. I watched a lot of college football the last couple weekends. I don't see anybody in the same league. We're short on time because you took a long time in that first question. How did we do, Koopaloo? Yes, that's why. You failed. I win the game. Koop's still asking the question. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, you sports figure guy or girl. Who the hell are you talking to, son? Here's some instant advice. Hold that thought. No one's paid attention to me for ten whole seconds. And if you don't like it, you. And away we go. It's the Insta Advice Line unscreened radio. The safety net comes off. There's a lot of options we could give advice to. Some people sent some good suggestions in. Tiger Woods, the Ryder Cup team, people voted for that. Uh, Advice to the teams in baseballs, playing games to win the division, the Cubs, Brewers, Dodgers, and Rockies. But some weeks are certainly easier than other weeks. And when you have 
a coach like Frank Reich decide to go for it and hand the game to the other team, in this case the Houston Texans, we must give advice to Frank Reich in overtime, tie game in his own territory. He went for it, didn't convert. Houston ends up getting a game-winning field goal. The Colts lose. They would have tied, which is not great, but certainly better than a loss. So advice to Indianapolis Colts coach Frank Reich. You're live on the air when you hear my voice at 877-99 on Fox. Hello, line. Uh, we'll start with line two. You're on the air, line two. Hello. All right. I don't clear the lines here, Coop. You didn't clear the lines. It's a bad job, but I'm going to hang up on everybody. Hang up on you. 877-99 on Fox. 877-996-6369. Hello. You are on the air. We're giving advice to Colts coach Frank Reich. Um, play chess because when you play chess, you realize. Okay, good. Play chess. Line six, you're on the air. Advice to Frank Reich. Line six. Don't do it. Okay, good. Don't coach. Line one, you're on the air. We're giving advice to Indianapolis coach Frank Reich. They ended the game, handed it to the Texans. A bad coaching there in overtime. Line one. Uh, yes, Ben. I would look Frank Reich square in the eye and say, you hang up on yourself, Ben Maller. <laughs> uh, you hang up on yourself, Ben Maller. Line two, you're on the air. We're giving advice to Frank Reich, the Colts coach. He handed the game to the Texans in overtime. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Line three, you're on the air. Hello, line three. Mattress. Scary. Line four. Hello, line four. He needs to have some bong tokes, some beer, and some vigorous sex. That's right. That's a perfect weekend. Line five, you're on the air. Hello, line five. Has he seen my baseball? Yes. Your baseball is actually, it's its in Frank Reich's office. It's under his desk, to the left side of his desk. So you have to break into the Colts facility. It's on the left side of Frank Reich's desk, underneath, right next to some bubble gum. My lover balls. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, line six, you're on the air. Hello. Drugs are bad, okay? Okay. Line one. Hello, line one. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. We're giving advice to Frank Reich, the coach of the Colts. He handed the game to the Texans in overtime. Line one, hello. It sure is nice getting porn. <laughs> All right. Line two, hello. You're on the air, line two. I think we need another FBI investigation. Yes, I think everyone should be investigated by the FBI. Hello, random line. You're on there. Hello, random line. Oh, it's Cowboy John Brad. Well, first of all, my parents uh, were married 82 years ago today, and Frank Reich needs a box, 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 box. Yeah, clearly, that's what hey, he's where missing. Are the white women at? That's all he needs. I'd say, yeah. Line one, you're on the air. Hello. I'd say take two weeks off and quit. Yeah, there you go. Uh, lines, line two, you're on the air. We're giving advice to Colts coach Frank Reich. He ended the game, handed it to the Texans in overtime. All right, thank you for that. Line two, line three, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, Ben, I would tell Frank Reich that he should use the Maller maneuver. Undefeated, the Maller maneuver. Line four at 877-99 on Fox. Hello, line four. Hey, if you go to Macy's and you can't afford a win. Line five. I don't know what that guy was talking about. Line five, hello. I know it's you, Roberto. Ah, he's coming after you, Roberto. Line six, you're on the air. Hello. Go join Dave Roberts. Yeah, stop. Line one, you're on the air. Hello. I agree with the sex and porn, but there is no woman that's going to touch him after that move. Hello. Line two, you're on Big the air. Big Ben Maller. Big Ben Maller. Line two, I hear you. You're on the air, line two. 
Don't play games against Ben Maller. Right, because you'll lose. That's right. All right, we'll do one more and only one more. Koopaloop, hurry up, pick it up. Uh, line, line six. Line six. Last call. If it's good, I'll take credit. If not, I'll blame the Coop. Line six, hello. Yeah, he needs to put crunchy peanut butter on his sandwich. Yeah. Well, crunchy peanut butter, I'm more of a smooth peanut butter guy, but I don't hate crunchy peanut butter. I'm not against it. There it is, the final call on the advice line. Urban Meyer! Urban Meyer! Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.